fucking deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Fucking deep. Bless you, boys. Young men expressing themselves. Unbelievable. Fucking deep. Put it in deep. Put it in deep. Now on the team, representing the United States of America, Bryson DeChambeau. 340 to the front edge of the green. Giving it a go. Why wouldn't he, Bryson? That one is on the green. Much to the delight of the thousands around it. Just the most entertaining player in the game by a wide margin now. No doubt about it. A full-blown show-off. You can't wait. Good looking. Puck by the Shambo. Wow. Eagle start for Bryson to light up the crowd. You know, get pucks deep, putting the puck deep. Put pucks in deep. You can never go wrong with getting pucks in deep. Just put the puck deep. Getting pucks out. Getting pucks deep. Pucks in deep. Pucks in deep. Pucks deep. Pucks deep. Keep getting pucks deep. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Pucks in deep podcast. Big long intro. Big Ryder Cup intro. Episode 86. Adam Lesko, Josh Coleman. What's up, Lesko? That crowd is what's up at the Ryder Cup. It's insane. In, like electric. People I haven't don't heard get it. I haven't heard like the roars, especially from a golf crowd and, and especially with what's been going on with crowds in general. Right. Since what, like Tiger Tiger uh won the Masters. Yeah, 2019. I don't know, like, yeah. Just wild. And and it sounds like a, a blast of a, a tournament to attend because I don't know, like people get a little more riled up with the you know, everyone's cheering for this guy and this guy exactly. compared to no, it's us versus them, and and it's, it was great to see the USA bring it because they've been kind of abysmal in this tournament for quite some time. And even if you go back to like the, the Tiger and Phil era, and they, they got dusted every time. Well, every time with the exception of – I can't even remember off the top of my head. I mean, I, I love golf, but I don't claim to be a golf you know expert or anything. But I believe it was 2016 and, and 2008 – uh, were the victories. Um, yeah, they've been taking a shellacking Team USA uh, over the last pff, a long time, Lesko, as we just alluded to. I think it was like 11 of the, or nine of the last 11 victories have gone uh, in Europe's favor. And I love what you pointed out about, you know, everyone's cheering for this guy. They got Tiger fans, you got Rory fans, and you got a bunch of different fans. Jordan Spieth, I want to see him win. Ricky Fowler's got a ton of fans, right? Like, it's not like, these fans of those golfers hate the other golfers, but when you go to a PGA event where all these kind guys of following are, your guy, yeah, they're playing against each other. Like you're not necessarily rooting against Tiger, let's say if you're a Ricky fan, but you know if it's if Ricky's one back of Tiger on Sunday, you're not really hoping Tiger makes that bird. You want your guy Ricky to come through. This is like the Olympics for the NHL. The Ryder Cup is like the Olympics in terms of fans cheering with their friends that they normally hate, can't stand this guy's stupid Leaf fan. 
fucking idiot. <laughs> I hate him. You know, and then all of a sudden Team Canada plays in the Olympics and me and him are like, hey, best buddies. fucking best buds, man, having the yeah. time of our lives. So, yeah, obviously these crowds are going to be epic. I do my best, Lesko, to try and, like, sell the game of golf to people who don't like it and specifically people who continue to tell me that they hate it because it's like I know we're all entitled to entitled to our own opinions but sometimes your opinion's just wrong that's just the way it's just the way it is like you saying that it's boring it's like but you're wrong though like like you're absolutely wrong though like turn it to the channel and tell me that what you see is boring I don't know it's like it's like People say that NFL is like the biggest dealer of excitement for the sports leagues, and I just can't get into it. Oh, I can't get into like it either. I, and maybe it's a lack of understanding for the game, and I would argue that's almost applicable to golf. Like, mm. I got more into watching once I started playing it a bit more, and so that's kind of brought me in. And gambling. Gambling helps. Of course. Gambling always helps. Now, now Actually, funny, speaking though, of gambling, sorry about that segue. I have right, to take it. Speaking right, of gambling, no. we are, of course, going to have Jake Hahn on the show. Yes. Jake Hahn from Sirius... NHL Network Radio, Channel 91. Jay Khan's going to join us basically whenever he texts me, which will probably be in like 10 minutes or so. Uh, but yeah, gambling, we're going to have a big discussion with Jake. I don't even think I mentioned that, we, that we're having Jake on the show. We've been doing it for five minutes now. I guess when you become a regular friend of the show, that's just the way it is. You just kind of call in. You just kind of call in and, and then you're on the show. Anyway, continue. Yes, golf, football, not having a great understanding. I agree with that as well. You got to have a fall, a strong foundation of understanding of the sport that you're watching to I truly to enjoy re- it. and appreciate it, right? And um, gambling, I do like. Yeah, that. I don't know. Yeah, and gambling, of course. <laughs> now, the uh, the golf tournament I thought was interesting is that here you have, you know, the guys who are playing on Sunday, right, and then the rest of the team who's just boozing it up like they're they're already pre-gaming basically for the uh for the championship like they're going at it all day well it was pretty much over like it was over but it wasn't right and everybody plays on sunday yeah but right? all the golfer all the golfers who were done though before like the last guys finished oh i see they what were you mean. they were oh, fucking yeah. crushing crushing beers like that press conference too is like an hour after. So by the time they all show up, they're uh, half of them are fucking ripped. <laughs> oh, I should have used highlights or audio clips from there the you from go. the presser. From the presser. You know, I wonder if it would have been as easy to find some that were unedited, right? Because I think DJ had a pretty good one liner about being able to party with the boys. Yeah, still. I asked him, yeah, they asked him if uh, he wanted to party with the absolutely uh, keep up with the young guns. He's like, absolutely. Next question. <laughs> Unreal. Well, he's older, I, eh? He's like 37, but I'm yeah, sure him. He I'm went sure five him and and, uh, Yeah, I know. He, he, uh, what did they say? He put up the, one of the best uh, best scores. You said Yo, first American in 42 years uh, to get the maximum of five points for the team, I guess. We got to get right? we gotta get off this, man. We're burning yeah. up topics with Jake. Yeah, Jake I wants know. to he, talk he Ryder Cup. He does have a golf story for us. Too, I know, we'll and he's got a story. Well. Yeah, so let's so. get off the Ryder Cup. Fuck okay. the Ryder Cup. Episode 86, Josh Coleman at Coleman42. Adam Lesko, at Lesko Adam. Follow the station at PuckPod. Send us an email for once. Why don't, why don't, why doesn't someone, you know. Nobody emails anybody dude, anything. I'm looking at the numbers and like, we're getting great numbers lately. I don't know what it is. I mean, we've been away for a while. Hopefully it's people that just want to hear what we have to say. Maybe it's great. Maybe we're missed. But we're great, getting great numbers. Why, do, why doesn't like one or two of, of those numbers Drop us a line sometime. Say, hey, you know what, guys? I find you never talk about the Flyers. 
And I really like the flyers. And then like we'll sending go, an email is like writing a letter. Or whatever. Be, okay, know? well then tweet. That's a really good <laughs> comparison. Okay, well then tweet at us or something. You know, like we have a couple of fans that do tweet at us. So maybe that's why I requested the email, Lesko, because I'm feeling more of a personal touch. Like let's have a you personal You want it to be like, touch. dear Josh. Or hey guys, what's up? Uh, you guys don't know me at all, but – uh, I heard your episode asking for an email, so I'm dropping you an email to tell you to go fuck. It'd be yourself. interesting to see what we get now. We're gonna get like uh, we're gonna get an email from fucking Saudi Prince asking us to wire them some money to get oh, some money, man. and you know, anyways, you know how that stuff goes. Uh, yeah, okay, so that's the that's the contact information. We're back on the show. We're back on a regular basis. It's super fun. We had a guest last week. It was Luke Fox. If you guys haven't listened to that, you definitely got to go check it out. That was a ton of fun, eh? Absolutely. Luke Fox Luke's the man. was great, man. And we got Jake tonight. We're going to have some more for you guys coming up as well. It's, it's We're leading up into the season, man. I'm getting pretty jacked up. I'm not going to lie. Have you watched a preseason game yet? I have watched lots of both games. Really? Not, not all of them, but I have watched a lot of them. Uh, I watched the first one simply because I was excited it was back, but I'll, all I did was watch the first period and then I kind of flipped back a few times in the second, and then that was it. Right. Uh, but the second one, I paid attention more to the back half of the game because I was really excited to see Peter Mrazek play yeah. goal. And he did not disappoint. He did not disappoint. Uh, a couple and I think he's. I think he's. Uh, you know what I think. A couple big glove saves there. On the one on Josh Anderson on the breakaway was phenomenal. Uh, especially because it robbed him of a potential Hattie. Mm. Uh, he looked offside by fucking 20 feet, though. <laughs> oh, Justin Hall just stopped skating and put his arm up. Like, and if, if that was a regular season game, the soccer move. That, I, yeah, the soccer move. He, I, I would have lost my mind on him because he stopped skating. He just puts his hand up like he's calling it, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I actually, I, I'm kind of lying. I say I watched the back half, but I kind of only tuned into a little bit of the back yeah. half because my internet went down. Ooh. And uh, I wasn't about to get out of bed and go out to the garage to watch it on satellite. However, right. another notch on the belt for why I have satellite. Okay. Like if that happens to me in a playoff game and I'm, you know, inside watching it via the internet, my only other recourse is to run out to the garage, which you know I would. Or burn a bunch of data. Uh, yeah, but man, we're in the middle of a fucking cornfield. There's yeah, no... your reception's not great here. <laughs> like, I'm getting, um, I'm getting one k. Any, any like standouts? Any anything you you liked? Because like I find watching preseason interesting for one reason, one reason only. It's like okay, well, let's have a look at the new guys and where they're situating them. And two, it's like uh, especially the guys who you don't really get to see play ever. Like right, you know, some of the guys that they signed who played around the NHL or um, AHL lifers like Rich Clune. Right, yeah, it's always nice to see them. Uh, one guy, what, one guy in a group chat I'm in says, "Why do they even play that guy? Like, like what? What's the point? He's a lifer in the AHL." And I said, "That's the point." What do you mean? Well, he's a lifer in the AHL, so give him his yeah. preseason and want, NHL, and games. they want him in camp. He's the captain of the Marlies. Just give him, right? give him his Leadership NHL guy. preseason games. And he, 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 he earns played them. quite a bit in the show back. He's in the like day 47. Too, so. He earns them. He's all right, not that old. I know. I'm kidding. He's just been um, in the AHL for a long time. Um, I'm, you asked me about a couple things that stood out. I'm really glad you did so because without even realizing, um, well, after you asked the question, I totally realized I'm really excited to talk to you about two things in particular. I'll start off with the lesser of the two, which is Hosang looked great. 
Mm. Hosang looks like he wants to be in the NHL. Minus the giveaway Ho- that led to the goal. Okay, fine. I don't know if I, I – I must have been watching at that moment. But you see, right. like, I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention to the score or who scored right, or who right, did right. what. I just – when the puck is down and I'm like, oh, Hosang's out there. I just well, yeah. watch him. A little bit of an, uh, a personal ISO cam on Hosang. I, uh, well, same thing I do with Matthews sometimes when he's on the ice. I'll do sometimes. it to players of interest. I don't right? even watch the game when Matthews is on. <laughs> It's very Mario like to me, and I right. love you know how much I loved Mario, right? Well, it's interesting to see how they how, what they're doing away from the puck. How do they get themselves in the right yeah. places all the time? Yeah, watching them read the play. Why is he there? Or look where he is. Maybe the puck's going to come to. And it does, you know, and I'm thinking like, man, this is why he does what he does. Anyways, so Ho Sang, basically, I don't want to like jerk him off too much or go into it all like crazy or anything, mm-hmm. but he looked great. He looked like a NHL top six forward, which is. You know, echoing a lot of the articles that I was reading anyways, right. that he does have top six skill, and I think we all know that. Yeah. But um, I thought he put it together pretty nicely. He made some really nice plays in the offensive zone. He probably needs yeah. work defensively. I could see them being a project guy. Like I think the obvious answer to him right now is you sign him to a two-way, you throw him in the A to start the season. Yeah. You do a, Very a, Galchenyuk, a Galchenyuk, like you know, just start working on him and see if you can glue the spare parts on and make something happen and, you know, potentially call him up. So I wouldn't be surprised for them to take that chance just because it seems on theme for what they want to do. And it's very low risk. Very low risk. Exactly. It's Um, easy to bury. All all right. So reason number two is this stuck out to me like a sore thumb. And I was talking about it repeatedly in multiple different group chats I was in. I'm surprised I didn't message you about it. But again, I realized that's I don't do that because we can talk about it here. Mm. Uh, and have it organically. Pucks and D podcast, very organic, very unedited, very unscripted, very, unedited. very random. All right. <laughs> very random. You guys love the show. Okay. Retweet the show. Tell your friends about the show. Pucks and D podcast. Reason number two, what stood out to me, and this was big, big, humongous, big Mitch Marner's skating. Mitch Marner was so upright in his skating. And took multiple shots that he would have never taken in his life before because he normally skates. You know what I'm talking about, Lesko. I'm right. showing you on the other side of the ping pong table here. He's all hunched over. Right. He's like this, fucking skating around. I'm Mitch Marner with my little playing, two-foot stick. Playing small, but fucking sh- playing sheltering mini sticks. the puck. Sheltering Doing great. Puck, great right? hands and great vision and all that great stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Last night in the fucking preseason game, all I could see, I could not unsee it, was Mitch Marner, like, upright. Mm-hmm. He was taller. I was like, did Mitch grow seven inches in the offseason? So off he's just season? like putting himself in a better shooting, like body position for a shot, you think? Well, or, yes. And because, he's also playing a line with guys he ain't dishing to. Right. <laughs> but 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 here's, here's the thing to remember, right? Mitch Marner, uh, openly, it's been reported widely, it's widely known that this summer he has spent a ton of time shooting, yep. getting his shot ready. And it, that starts with preparing to shoot. Okay, we're going to talk about golf. We talked about it earlier. We're going to talk about it again later with Jake. You can't really, you're not setting yourself up to success if you don't address the ball properly. You can't go up there and be all, you know, standing sideways and try to pull off a golf swing. You have to be ready to shoot it if you want to be a shooter. Mitch has never been a shooter. So he's never really been like ready to shoot. The only time he shoots is when they're like little deeks and he scores an amazing deke goal. Okay, 
it counts as a shot because he technically shot it in the net. But when was the last time you saw Marner like rip one? Let's go. Right. Like Marner rips it upstairs. Hey, Unbelievable. He ripped one last night too and hit one off the bar. Uh, he got like a stupid amount of ice time. I didn't realize either, but he was killing penalties and shit like that, which is kind of unusual. Dude, for, he, a, for a, a guy who probably doesn't need to be in the game even. He's going to be beast mode for me, I think, this year. I hope so. I mean, I don't think it's there's only one way. There's claim. only one way to respond, and what, he was top five in NHL scoring last year. So. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's not an out it's of. It's not unheard of. Yeah, right? it's not unheard of. But what I mean by beast mode is I think like he's going to be, he's going to be like less look at all the points I get, Mitch Marner. Right. And more look at these points, Mitch Marner. Like the way we look at guys like Matthews, So, so you down in like a 100-point season for him then? I mean, Over if he 82? stays healthy and shit, man, like I think so. Yeah, I do. I've I don't said think that's before, a hot, I don't think it's a hot take I've either. said before on record that I fully believe that Mitchell Marner will lead the NHL in points at some point. Throw some, throw some money on that futures bet. That's a... Uh... That's probably a good pay right there. Like at some point, Art Ross Trophy. Is that what it is? Most points? Yeah. How do I not know that? That's right. I knew it. What are you guys talking about? That's why we call it editing. But I just said it's an unedited podcast, so I got to leave it in there. There you go. Um, anyways, yeah. Dude, oh. I'm really happy you asked me that because I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I forgot to put it in the prep. I've been so fucking busy, I didn't even look at the prep. But I, I was excited to talk to you about Mitch Marner's skating. I, I pointed it out in a couple different areas, and one time a guy said, yeah, I'll have to look for it. And I was like, well, if you have to look for it, I guess it wasn't as obvious as I, as I thought it was. And in another one, the buddy goes right back to me. He goes, I see it. He says, like, he, he is. Like, he's just so much more upright and taller, and his, his stride looked like it was less effort into the stride. And I was wondering, Lesko, if maybe he may have – not only worked on his shot, but maybe he also worked with Barb Underhill, who mm -hmm. is the specific skating instructor and development member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I yeah. would be dying to hear that story. Yeah, right now he's plus 2,000 to win the Art Ross, so he's down there a bit, uh, just outside the top 10, I believe. So yeah, throw ten bucks on that. Pay a nice. Well, let's ask nice. Jake what he what see he, what he thinks about see that. What he thinks about I, a that couple bet. guys I was watching there. Um, somebody I didn't think I forgot about totally was that Semyonov guy they signed out of the KHL. Okay. I, th I think we've gotten bored of the KHL signings uh, with the, the Leafs recently. So, but uh, just some really like <laughs> quick heads up plays, like really nice, uh, crisp passes, um, quick puck movement, like just little skill things. Went wow, maybe this guy's. Well, this guy I completely forgot about is better than I thought. Like he looks like he's somebody who I hadn't even considered playing playing in the lineup, but he looks like he's somebody who might push for some roster consideration and some ice time. Um, that's all I can really say about him. Otherwise, it just it's his play without the puck too, like his persistency, his board play and stuff looked good. And I think that's something Sheldon's looking for on the team right now. Is guys. Uh, you know, they had said in. I think I watched the blueprint recently, and they said about the the guys they were want going for in the off season. It's it's not just about you know what they do points wise. It's it's what we what they think they can do and what they can do uh, without the puck, right? Like how they how they play the game at at all ends of the ice. Well, that's why it's I like it's like they're trying to find. Uh, unearth a bunch of like Zach Hyman lights. Sure. Essentially. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what I was saying to you before. Like I pay less attention to what the score is of the game. And like, 
you know, who's racking up points and stuff oh, like that. Oh, I mean, that. it doesn't matter. Like, I just kind of want to see. those games really doesn't matter. Like, it's same with the – you're looking at it the same way maybe the team's looking at it. It's like, what well, is you're doing talent evaluation. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I thought uh, Andre Kasha, too. A lot of potential there with this guy. I mean, uh, offensive upside and all that. And great board play, too. I know it's good play when uh, forechecking and all that shit. You know, Hello? you, you – is that you, Jake? Hey, what's up? All right, buddy. Listen, we uh, we decided to just keep rolling, man, and just kind of bring you on. No pauses. So so we're already on. We're, <laughs> we're ready to go. But um, I was literally just going to say to Lesko before I dialed you, you would think as a podcast that, like, wants to cover the Leafs and talk about them in depth and be knowledgeable, you think it – we it would behoove us to watch these preseason games so we could really, <laughs> really talk about, you know, well, this guy looked really good. And I think we had some good uh, suggestions, Lesko, based on the very limited amount of time we spent watching. But I wanted to ask you, Jake, I mean, you talk about hockey every day on the radio with Sirius XM NHL Network Radio Channel 91 as Jake Hahn joins us on the Pucks and Deep podcast, episode 86. Jake, do you watch all these games so you can talk about them? Or do you just focus uh, on Fantasy Week? I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. I don't really enjoy preseason at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not my bag. And that's not just a hockey thing. Though. I, I don't really, I'm not into spring training for baseball. And I love all these sports. I won't even watch uh, a preseason NFL game either. So it's just it's tough for me to get into those those games and like i said i like so many different sports that i'm not going to watch a, a preseason hockey game over a playoff race baseball game if they're on at the same time right because these things kind of overlap so that's just kind of the, the all sports fan in me that it's, it's tough to watch sort of a meaningless practice type game over something that has some meaning and another sport that might be in a playoff run but obviously for the sake of the shows I got to follow what's going on. If, if there's a key injury, if someone scores a really nice goal, you know, maybe there's a rookie that's really popping uh, in camp. It's certainly something that I, I, I keep my eye on. But um, once the regular season starts, I'm locked in every single night watching every game. So I, I got to pace myself. I got to save myself for when the games really matter, boys. So I guess you're uh, 100% Blue Jays not flipping channels tonight at all, right? It'll be 100% Jays. I'll probably be keeping my eye on a couple of the other big baseball games. I know the Phillies and the Braves have a pretty big one as well. I love this time of the year uh, as, as big of a baseball fan as I am to watch these playoff races, to watch playoff baseball. I, I think it's about as good as it gets. So I'll certainly be watching Jays and, and Yankees the most, but I'll keep my eye on a couple of the other big games as well. I recently got into an argument with somebody over whether October was a better month than April. And I, I personally yep. like April because of my love of golf, which we'll get into momentarily. Yeah. But, you know, you got the Masters going on. You're doing, you're doing playoff pools for, for hockey. And, like, oh, like, and then you know, the first round starts and you got 27 games in one night and you don't know what to do with yourself. <laughs> like I, I was voting April. They were voting October. I feel like it's, it's hard to be wrong in that aspect. I think yeah. your love of baseball would make you lean October, although I know you're quite the golfer, Jake. Well, there's there's something to be said about. I feel like it, it depends on when you ask me, right? You're asking me now, and it's late <laughs> September. I'm probably going to say October because I'm just so <laughs> fired up for the NHL season and the MLB right. playoffs, and you know, football season's going on. I love college football Saturdays, NFL Sundays. So there's something special about like a fall Saturday where there's a full slate of college football, and then I got the the NHL uh, at night, and there's some playoff baseball. Like there's something really special about that, and I just love 
fall weather. So you're asking me now, I'm, I'm probably picking October, but if you ask me uh, in April, I'm probably picking April uh, for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned. We're kicking up NHL playoffs, uh, baseball season starting up at that point as well, uh, NBA playoffs too, uh, things like that. And then obviously the big one uh, that you alluded to, golf, uh, the Masters in, in April, which is kind of just like that symbolic moment where okay summer's coming we can get the clubs out we can get going and you can watch a beautiful course on, on television so yeah I, I don't think there is a wrong answer to this one i'll say october right now uh but if you ask me again if i join you guys closer to april i'll probably say april <laughs> right on and by then you'll be getting back on the course won't you jake that's right i'm hoping so well, i'm hoping that i'm not done on the course just yet i the the weather's still nice enough here. Oh yeah, uh, and I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind still busting out the shorts and the shirt, and uh, even if it's a little bit uh, chilly, I, I just love being out there. So I'm hoping to still get a couple more rounds in here, but before the the season is done. And I've been uh, I've been really loving loving the golf. I hope you guys uh, were able to watch some of the Ryder Cup over the weekend as well. All right, on absolutely. We I think we all enjoyed that seeing the U.S. actually show up and and put up a good uh, a good performance there. But uh, what we're more interested in hearing right now, Jake, is your golf story because I believe you <laughs> recently shot uh, your first hole in one. And tell us the course. Tell us all about it, man. We're, we're anxious to hear about this. Yeah, don't don't spare any details, eh, Jake? Like we got to live vicariously through a son of a bitch like you that has a hole in one. I hope you're not sick of telling it either. <laughs> Well, you don't have to twist my arm to talk about it, and I'm certainly not not sick of talking about it. The guys at, at my Sunday night hockey, I've already let them know that they're going to be hearing about it pretty much every Sunday until we stop playing together. So get, get get used to hearing about it. The story will get better uh, every time. Eventually, it'll it'll be like a 300 yard par three or something of like course. that. But uh, no, the, the the course is called Royal Woodbine here in Toronto. It's actually out by Pearson Airport. If you ever fly into Toronto, uh, that's the main airport. It, it's pretty close to there. So if you're playing on the course. Uh, you're going to have a couple planes fly over you in your backswing, so you wow. got to get ready for that. you got to be pre- pre- prepared for that. But it actually is a, a really nice course, uh, kind of hidden uh, amongst uh, you know the, the jungle that is Toronto, the concrete jungle. Uh, so it, it, it's a nice track. I've only golfed it a couple of times. I had actually golfed it a couple of days before the hole-in-one happened. So I knew the course uh, well. I was golfing with a buddy who's a member there that knows the course really well. And when we got up to the hole, it's the seventh hole. you got to carry a, a lake. Uh, it's about 150 yards to the pin. So nine iron pitching wedge, you know, kind of in the middle there for me. Uh, and he told me, he said, try to aim for this back slope and the ball will feed in. Like this is a, a pin placement that you can kind of let it feed in off the back slope and, and you can hope to put it really close. So I hit it exactly where he told me to hit it. It landed uh, and we all kind of watched it roll down this slope coming back towards the hole and uh, never thinking it was actually going to go in. I'm just thinking, oh, that's a good shot. I'll, I'll look at birdie here. <laughs> I'll take that. And then I'll, I'll, yeah, and then all of a sudden the ball just disappears, and I was just in a, a moment of complete shock. Like I've been chasing this for so long, uh, golfing my entire life, that I couldn't believe that it actually happened, right? And then the three other guys that I'm golfing with are throwing their clubs. They're losing their <laughs> minds. Nobody had ever been in a group to see a hole-in-one live. So it was a, oh, wow. a special moment kind of for all of us, right? I, I Just to see one happen live and to be able to celebrate it and, and get excited about it. It's, it's something I, I certainly will never forget, and uh, I get excited just, just talking about it. And they, yeah, people have told me, too, once you get one, you're supposed to get more. B- like bunches. They, they keep coming. So I'm, I'm looking forward to these, these next hole-in-ones that are going to happen now. Yeah, now that you broke the ice, I guess uh, yeah. uh, you should be Flood prepared gates. for a few more. Now, I guess my other question is, you, I, I, I'm going to assume you did not pay for another drink the rest of the day. Is that correct? 
Uh, well, it, a funny thing was too, we were out, we were trying to get the, the round in late. We, it was like, like, we started at about like four o'clock Eastern, four thirty. Um, so we were trying to beat the, the, the sun setting here uh, as the days are getting uh, a lot shorter uh, at, at this time of the year. So we're trying to rush in the round. Obviously the hole in one happens and, and we're like ready to go to Vegas, like pop on a flight and go to Vegas or something. We're so fired up. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and the, there was no there was no beer cart girl out there at the time, so we had to call into the clubhouse and they delivered us some beers uh, for the for the occasion. One of the guys' buddies uh, drove some out to us, so nice. uh, yeah, they, my, my rounds were certainly paid for. But I, I think I owe the guys a few rounds because I I, I feel like it's supposed to be uh, the guy that gets the hole in one is supposed to pay for the drink. Oh, so I'll, I, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll make sure to reimburse those guys. At some really, point. I'm glad you said that, Jake, because my next question to you was going to be as a lifelong golfer. Had you ever heard of, or are you aware of, how some people say that it's it's backwards? You get yeah. the hole in one. You're buying drinks for everybody, and, I've heard and for the life of me, I will never understand that, Jake. Ever is that just to make your buddies <laughs> feel better? Or? Why in the fuck would I give you a beer because I hit it yeah. in the hole? It seems that ass backwards. <laughs> No, and I, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought it up like that too, because it's always been something. Like it's something my dad taught me uh, when I was actually really young. He's been lucky enough to have two hole in ones, and and I remember it's him telling blood. me that, like when yeah, when he exactly when he got his hole in ones. I think he got one actually at a golf tournament, and uh, he had to pay for everybody's drinks, and it's, it's a bunch of money that he's out. And I always found that weird when <laughs> I was growing up. Like I'm like I'm like wait, you got the hole in one, and you got to buy everyone drinks. Shouldn't it be the other way around? At like everyone pitching in. Yeah, and it'd be a lot easier. 120 for, people, you know, to 20 people to buy one guy a drink than Jesus. one guy to buy 20 people a drink, right? So it, it never made a lot of sense to me, and I have heard it from from sort of both sides. Uh, but my, the boys that I was golfing with were really nice. They wanted to buy me a couple rounds to to kind of celebrate. So I guess it depends on on who you're playing with. But I've the majority I've heard if you're supposed to pay for the drinks if you get the hole in one, which has never really made too much sense to me. But I I, I guess we don't make the rules, right? Yeah, it never will make sense, but. Here's where it does make sense, okay? And it happened recently at our home course during men's night. Uh, I think it was two two weeks ago, maybe three. A gentleman uh, gets a hole-in-one on the eighth hole, par three, uh, obviously. Well, I guess not obviously, but anyways. Uh, he gets a hole-in-one, and he wins the hole-in-one pot, all right? Which every men's night golfer, not every guy, every not every guy pays, but it's $1 every week when you go out. You pay for skins and prizes and then $1 for the hole-in-one pot. And it's been growing for years, and it's like $3,300 or something. So he jarred it. Wow. And it was the biggest celebration of all time. We were were on the 14th hole, which is like kind of close, like kind of close, but not really. And we heard it like clear as day. And we were like, oh, someone just hold out. And then I said, that's an ace. Just like you could hear the difference in the cheer. Yeah. And then the cheer happened like a second time and then a third time. And then you could just hear them yelling, Cheyenne got a hole in one, like screaming it. And it, it reverberated throughout the course that Shy just nailed a hole in one on men's night. $3,300 to Shy. Like that – that night was different. Like he bought drinks for everybody. The money never left that, the clubhouse. No, that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's what you gotta do. I mean, if you're winning thirty three hundred bucks like like that, I do think that's when you kind of give it back to everybody and you have a good time with it. Um, it it's kind of funny now that I'm thinking about it. Maybe I wasted 
by luck on uh, on you know a, a night where we're just a few of us trying to squeeze in around uh, <laughs> late because I've heard of people winning some great prizes. If you go to tournaments, there's usually a, a, a prize at each par three. And uh, my dad, one of my dad's hole in ones that I, I mentioned to you guys, there was a Harley Davidson at one of the par threes as the the prize, and he obviously wanted that one. I think every guy playing in it wanted that one. Uh, he got a hole in one on the different par three where it was like free restaurants for a year or something like that was the prize. <laughs> so it's like it's still a pretty good prize. You still get free restaurants for a year. There's there's nothing wrong with that. But when the Harley Davidson's sitting there. Uh, that, that that's pretty tough. You're thinking, man, maybe I got this one on the wrong hole. So unfortunately, there was no Harley Davidson, no $3,300 for, for my hole in one. But that does sound like a pretty fun night. Yeah, the free restaurants, though, gives you the boiler you need to ride a hard, Harley around. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You win the Harley the next year. Exactly. You go back and get the Harley. <laughs> you want to do it in order. Uh, we wanted to hit you with a few. Uh, we know you're a big gambling man there, Jake, uh, yep. especially when it comes to hockey. So we did want to ask you if you had any, like, preseason prop bets going on, like, uh, you know, in terms of Art Ross or uh, any over-unders that you're looking at or cup winners. Uh, you tee any of those up for the season? Yeah, I don't have any personally, but we did a show uh, a few weeks back, actually, looking at some value, looking at some numbers, and I'll, I'll probably lock some in before the season actually does start at once preseason kind of starts to, to wrap up here. But I'm looking at a couple of long shots on, on the Stanley Cup side. I, I tend to think that you could still find value later in the season, so I don't rush to make my cup bets right. uh, at the start of the year. But looking at some team uh, over-under win totals, I, I think are always good, or, or over-under point totals for the season. If you have a team targeted that you think is going to be better than uh, the general public thinks, or you think that a team is going to be much worse than the general public thinks, I, then you can fade them on the under. Those are numbers I, I don't mind playing. The LA Kings were a team uh, that I mentioned on our show a few weeks back as a team that I, I think is going to be pretty good this year. And I think in the Pacific Division, uh, there's some points to be had there for them, and maybe even a playoff spot to be had in uh, their point total was low at least a few weeks ago when we did that show. So the Kings were a team I was targeting for an over. And honestly, the Seattle Kraken was a team I thought was getting really steamed uh, throughout the course of the offseason, uh, obviously taking a lot of money on them. And I I'm assuming maybe it's people that don't want to miss out. We saw what happened with Vegas a few right. years ago. And people are thinking, well, I'll throw five, ten bucks down, maybe more money down if, if you've got more money to play, play with on a Kraken future or the over on their, their point total. I don't know. I look at the roster. I struggle to think where the goals are going to come from. And I've seen point totals for them in the 90s, which I think is just a bit too high for a first-year team. So they'd be a team I'd, I'd be possibly targeting uh, for, for an under. But is, is there anything you guys like? I, I mean, David for the heart feels like almost a lock. McDavid for the art Ross feels like almost a lock. I think the only things really standing in his way would be getting hurt at some point. Right. Yeah. I, I like your point about the crack and especially uh, it seems that the, the amount of money that people are throwing on it has probably shifted the line um, yeah. or so where it's better to fade them. Like you said, um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty big on, on, on some, you know, last year I won money on the Stanley cup champions, Tampa Bay lightning. I thought that was an easy one. I think, Last year and this year, Colorado's been favored over them. Uh, so paying not bad for a safe bet. And a couple other safe ones I looked at. I mean, Vasilevsky for the Vesna feels like it's almost a foregone yeah. conclusion. McDavid for the heart, just like you said. And you could maybe even put, I think this one's a little tighter, um, but I was appealed by looking at the odds that they're putting out for a guy like Pasternak for the Art Ross or even Ovechkin. Yeah. I think I saw his goal total over under 36. I'd take the over on wow. that all day personally. Yeah, I love that one, actually. If it's 36 for Ovi, 
Uh, I think um, a bad year for Ovi scoring goals is like 40, right? Right, right. I think he's going to have to get hurt to not hit that total. And I do worry about the Caps actually this season. And they might even be a team that you could target for an under on the point totals because I I think they're getting older. I think they might have a tough time and they're really going to have to battle for their playoff spot in that Metropolitan Division in the Eastern Conference. But I'm not worried about Ovechkin as much in terms of the goals he's going to put up. I'm just more so concerned about how successful the team's going to be. I still think Ovi's going to get his, and I think the team wants him to get his. I I think everyone knows now uh, what he's trying to do in chasing down Wayne Wayne Gretzky to break that record. Um, I don't think too many players are are going to get this chance, although a guy in Toronto named Austin Matthews, he's putting in an early uh, candidacy for it with the the start that he's been on early in his career uh, in terms of goal scoring. But I think everybody on the team is going to want to get Ovi the puck. And he's going to be out there every empty net situation to try to pad the stats, which is nothing new. I mean, he's always been out there in those empty net situations. And he's actually quite good at hitting that empty net, which actually is a bit of a skill. We see some teams really mess that up. So, yeah, I love that OB number. I, I think he flies over that, and I, I actually think he could scare 50 again this year. Yeah. Jake, you're depressing me with the unders, man. Under on Washington, <laughs> under on <laughs> Seattle. Just, Dude, just unders are no everything. fun. Unders are no fun. You know that. <laughs> right? That's true. Nope. No, you, you don't make friends with unders. No. Although, uh, Plus, I, like, I, I do th- go ahead, go ahead. I no, I do think you can find uh, value though in the unders, just because some of these teams get so overvalued, and we have like a perception of these teams. And I think Washington is is a perfect example of that as a team that's good year in and year out, and they have been, and they make the playoffs. But I, I don't know. I I see things there that worry me a lot, and that's what kind of leads me to to to, to take the unders. And uh, you know, even a team like Colorado, right? We know they're good. We know they're like the best team in the league, or one of the best teams in the league, maybe besides Tampa Bay. When you look at their point total, it's so, so high. And I think everything has to go right, right. for you to hit that over. Yeah. You have to have everybody stay healthy. You have to have a great season. Your goaltending has to be good. And all it takes is maybe one thing to go wrong, and you're not going to get 110 points in the season. You could still have a good year, but you're not going to hit that total. So that's why I got to uh, put some, some rain on the parade and take a couple of these unders. Yeah, when the number is egregious, then you got to you gotta make the smart bet. But Well, like he's saying, it almost makes more sense or it seems more likely that it, rather than everything go perfectly and they, you know, they hit, say, it's 110 points, it's more likely that one thing goes wrong, Kadri takes someone's head off and gets suspended for 35 games and <laughs> yeah. you know, puts a hole in the top six. <laughs> Can I bet that? That would be I, I crazy. Yeah, the, where's the where's the cadre <laughs> suspension in the first round of the playoffs? Yeah, bet. I'll Prop take bet. That. That's gotta be like that's gotta be like minus four hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, I, I wonder what the line was on the uh, on the whooping from the U.S. on the Europeans. Did you, did you have any green stuff down on the rider? I, I actually did. I was I was afraid of it. So here. I love the Ryder Cup, uh, and I know you guys are, are golf guys as well. And I was really looking forward to this one. It had been an extra year. It's usually every two years. We had to wait an extra year because of COVID last year. So I was really fired up. Um, I usually tend to gravitate towards the Euros because they're, they're often the underdogs in this. And mm-hmm. I don't really like to bet favorites. It's just like what you said. It's not fun to bet the favorite. You want to bet the underdog. You want to yep. get some plus money on it. So I, I always tend to gravitate towards the Euros. And that's been very successful over the last 20 years or so. The Euros have been really good in that event. But I looked at the teams, uh, you know, when, once the rosters came out, and I thought there's no way this European team is going to stack up against this American team on this long course, this American course. Uh, so I stayed away from it. I, I didn't lay the juice 
uh, with the Americans. I believe uh, by the time the event started, they were going off around minus 200, which probably was a smart play. I mean, the way they dominated that event, you could have laid that minus 200, no problem. And that was a really smart play. And I know a couple guys that put some big, big money down on the U.S. that were so confident that they were going to smash it. And I still had it in the back of my mind that maybe they would choke, that maybe the Euros would, you know, find some hot putters and, and find a way to keep this thing close. But it was not close at all. And I think we might have just seen one of the better Ryder Cup teams in a very long time with what the U.S. was able to put out there, the depth that they have on that Ryder Cup team. It, it was just insane. And, it, and I wanted it to be closer. I wanted it to be a bit more dramatic on Sunday, but I was also uh, a bit in awe of the talent that the U.S. has right now in golf. And I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. A lot of these guys are still really young. I think they're going to have a great Ryder Cup team for years and years to come. And now it's up to the Euros to, to try to figure it out and hope that some of these uh, other young guys really take a step and, and they can try to combat uh, what the U.S. has right now. I think the best way to bet those blowouts or the ones that you're super confident that that will blow out not only could you, you know, I guess option A would be to lay a ton of money on the line and get a little bit back, right? Uh, or, yeah. um, you know, maybe start betting some some total points, like bet to, bet that they'll yeah. get over over eighteen point five, you know, and then exactly. that way comes Sunday. If it is, you know, the way it was, and, and I had a, I had a golf tournament on Sunday, twelve o'clock shotgun, and I brought my phone and I was able to pay pretty pretty good attention like I was watching the Bryson drive and then the eagle like had it had it on the bluetooth speaker like other people are playing music during the tournament and I'm playing like the sounds of a rider cup yeah, playing the rider cup I actually timed out pretty well sometimes like one time my buddy was putting for birdie and the guy was like Rory McIlroy for birdie on six or whatever <laughs> it's like he hit his putt and I was like hey it was like he was commentating your shot but um yeah, I, at some point I was saying, like, I want it to be closer, uh, you know, as a, as a fan of the sport, and I really don't have a horse uh, in the race, so yeah. I just wanted it to be closer and, and more entertaining, but then it turned into, well, can they break the record, and th that leads me to my over, back back to the over discussion, overs are fun, and then that way, if it's a blowout, it's even more fun, because you, you are hoping that they pile more on. Well, and, and then I, I find those last singles matches to be really interesting in a blowout, like, they're, the guys that are already finished their matches are celebrating. They're drinking already. Like Justin yeah. Thomas is walking around with a beer. Uh, and Daniel Berger's still out on the course trying to play Matt Fitzpatrick in like a meaningless match. So it's like, uh, you know, how motivated is the guy, are the guys at that point when they know that the Ryder Cup's already sealed up? Or, you know, are you just kind of waiting your antsy to get into the clubhouse so you can party with the boys? I, I find that to be uh, kind of interesting. I wanted it to be close and dramatic uh, like you did as well, Josh. So that was kind of disappointing. Although, I do really love betting those singles matches. And even though I didn't bet the, the Ryder Cup in general between the U.S. Uh, and Europe, I was betting some of the individual matchups and uh, the singles matches. They were able to find some good value. I, I did go to Rory uh, on Sunday, which was pretty nice. He was going off around plus 145, plus 150 in some spots. And uh, I think that's great, right? Because why pay the plus 150 with Europe before the tournament uh, when it's going to lose when you could find a good singles match on the Sunday anyways and right. get that same number for just one golfer? and really kind of lock in on that one. So I was enjoying that. I had the NFL football on. I had the, the Ryder Cup on as well, although my football buddies uh, didn't care too much for the, for the golf screen. But I was, uh, I, was, I was standing pat that I needed my one golf screen for, on football Sunday. Did you see Jordan's shot on Friday into the moon? Amazing. <laughs> like it was maybe one of Ridiculous. the greatest golf shots I've Is ever seen. that the one where seen. he fell down the hill? Yeah, he almost ran into Lake I Michigan. thought he was going right into the lake. And then JT missed the putt. Oh, dude, I was going to yeah, say it. I didn't want to throw him under the bus, but fucking JT's got to make that putt, man. Come on. 
his, he's got to figure out the putter though. In all honesty, I know like he obviously had a fun week and he should be celebrating the Ryder cup with his teammates, but he could be such an incredible golfer if he figures out how to make five to six footers consistently. I, and it's just, it's been a problem for him for, for quite some time. Whenever he does click with it, he wins the golf tournament. It's right. pretty simple. He just strikes the ball so well uh, that he, he needs to figure that out. If I was him, I would just be sitting on that putting green, making five or six footers for hours. As I'm, I'm sure he does do that. I just, it, there's something there that, that he can't figure out on the greens. And it's, it's really holding him back from going into like the stratosphere of golf. He's yeah, still but, one of the top golfers in the world, but yeah. I think he could really go take it to another level. Come on, Jake. You know how it is, though. You spend four or five hours working on the putting because you need to, and then your ball striking loses four to five hours. That's, so you're not as good right. as a ball striker. You know, it's true. Yeah, then, then, the, then the irons go on you. It's always something, right? But <laughs> yeah. I, it, I, even when he won the players this year, too, it was like, he didn't putt well for half of Sunday. It was like nine, ten holes into Sunday, and he was striking the ball as good as I think I've seen anyone strike the ball. Couldn't make a putt, and then all of a sudden he gets hot with the putter on the back nine, and he and he still wins the tournament even though he couldn't putt for like three and a half rounds. So it's it's just incredible uh, what kind of ball striking he can put on from time to time. And he's blown a few. I think I believe it cost him. I think it was the British Open where he had a bit of a lead yeah. there, and then he uh, he just kind of fell apart. Spent the rest of his day Saturday on the putting green, just going over it over and over again. I think uh, was it Morikawa eventually won the tournament, and basically Thomas killed himself. Well, I'm um, too quickly too. While we're on the U.S. team, what did you guys make of the whole Bryson Brooks thing? Do we close the door on it now? Like they hugged it out. They had some fun was it all just sort of a, a stage thing like what, what did, were you guys into that at all or or or, or what i think they're gonna i think they might continue to milk it a little bit if they if they yeah. can anyways because it's it's almost one of the more entertaining sideshows going on in golf and i find with this new younger crop of golfers we have coming up that that these things are emerging these themes are emerging and 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 bryson's an interesting character because people seem to love or hate the guy right it, it's yeah. almost like the the boomers hate him and the young people love him or, or whatever the the narrative is there um it just seems that this guy drives controversy sometimes without even trying well and i, I think this was a big week for him too because I, I think you were able to see some of that personality uh for bryson in a good way i know you know, like you said, people love him, people hate him. I think a lot of people do seem to to dislike him and, and uh, you know, not like what, what Bryson is really all about. But I think if you were an American golf fan, I'm certainly not there, you know, with my with an American flag cheering for for the U.S., but I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of an American golf fan watching that over the weekend. I have to think that he made some fans over the right. course of that week, not only with how he played. He, he obviously played quite well, and he had some really big moments, made some big putts, had that ridiculous drive where he had like a gap wedge into the par five after uh, going well over 400 yards there. But I think you saw sort of what he was all about, the competitive nature to him and sort of that team aspect that the Ryder Cup brings out. He was paired with Scotty Scheffler a couple of the days, and you know he's hyping up the younger guy in, in Scotty Scheffler. He's like giving him shoulder rubs and massages after he, he makes a big putt. And I, I just think he saw kind of that quirky, funny side of, of Bryson that uh, maybe you don't get to see when he's, it's super competitive on the PGA Tour. So I, I think that was a, a sneaky big weekend for him to maybe win some fans over. Oh, I think, I think he won a ton of fans over. I was listening to the Foreplay podcast earlier this afternoon, and those guys were, were saying the same, that, you know, this yeah. this guy has made fans for sure. Fans out of haters, probably. 
Um, yeah. you know, just because of the fact, Lesko and I touched on this earlier, it's kind of like the Olympics of hockey where Sens and Leaf fans and Leafs and Habs fans and everyone can get along because we're all cheering for the same team here. Um, but I, I thought, you know, what you said earlier, Jake, was important because maybe it was a, a, a shtick kind of thing. I, I kind of halfway through, like maybe a couple of weeks ago, a week and a half ago, I was saying that to a few people. I was like, ah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sold on this. You know, like, especially because yeah. recently we've had like the premier golf league and the let's win all kinds of money golf league, like, you know, all these random things are coming up and, oh, we've got the support of a couple players on, on tour. And basically it was about growing the game via social media. And I thought that this Bryson, Bryson and Brooks thing was able to be blown up via social media and perhaps both camps were in agreement and saying, hey, let's milk this for all it's worth. Um, I really, I'm looking, I'm actually looking forward to the next time they're in a tournament together or they're paired together yeah. or something, because then that it will be the time when we can officially close the door. If nothing goes on, then we can close the door. If, if Bryson walks by Bryson, uh, if Bryson, gee, I always get this guy, these guys mixed up. If Brooks is doing an interview and, and DeChambeau walks by, he's going to roll his eyes. We're going to be back to square one again. Yeah, I, I still think the only thing that I'm clinging to is that maybe Brooks still doesn't like Bryson. I think he was able to, to put up with him through, uh, throughout the course of the Ryder Cup. And uh, it still seems like he's being forced into these moments, like when Bryson calls him over for the hug and the team celebration. Like, mm. it seems like Brooks and, and you maybe come, come away from this weekend thinking that he's kind of the guy that's, like, too cool for school yes. at these types of events. Like, I'm just I, – I know I'm really good. I I guess I'm here because I got to be here. Like he gives off that kind of persona. Mm -hmm. And I do think that maybe people will find that unlikable and actually more gravitate towards Bryson. Right. Cause he's the guy that's, that's just trying to say, Hey, I, I just want to be buddies with you. Like I didn't start this thing. You started it. Um, and I'm just kind of going along with it at this point. So I came away from the weekend. I've always been a big Brooks Kepka fan, just in terms of like the golf uh, that, that he puts on when he's on, he's, he's about as, as fun as it is. Uh, to watch any other golfer out there. Uh, but I did come away from this weekend kind of feeling like, uh, you know, maybe Bryson won a lot of people over and, and Brooks comes out of it looking like the bad guy and all of this. But at the end of the day, I, I do think that we need, still need a great pairing between the two guys at like a U.S. Open final pairing or, or any major tournament final pairing, I think would, would be a lot of fun and would bring out a competitive side in both of those guys. Well, you know what I don't think looked great for Brooks to the general public was that massive argument that he had with those uh, referees for the match. Yes. Were, were you watching oh, at that man. point? That, that was kind of that, that was a bad look, man. That was a little offside. I, I was on the air actually when that was happening, but I had it on in the background. I had it on the screen, and I'm kind of keeping an eye on it. And I saw him, uh, you know, call the officials over, and I thought, okay, what's he trying to do here? Maybe trying to get himself a better lie. And then, like ten minutes later, I look back, and they're still going at it. I thought they're they're still going over the shot. Like, just hit your ball, buddy. Like, what 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 are we doing here? And then he stepped up and he hits it onto the green from there, which was just ridiculous. So I think, you know, how bad could have the could the lie have been? It was a, a classic Brooks Kepka shot, to be completely honest. He's he's really good at those like US open type shots. Put yourself in a bad situation and find a way to to make a par out of it. But it, it did seem a little bit ridiculous. And the stuff that he was saying to the guys about, oh, you know, if I break my wrists here, it's on you. Like he hasn't hit that shot before. I, I did find that a, a little bit tough, tough to watch. Yeah, and dropping dropping f bombs on the refs too, yeah. which like, I mean, come on. Oh, I think we just lost Jake there. Oh, well done. We'll try. <laughs> we'll try. So, so the so the fuck up wasn't on the call. It was on the it was 
mid mid combo. At least he finished his thought. Like it was like I feel like he finished his thought and then it just cut him right off. Yeah. Oh, you know what I think it is? I think it's it's probably it's probably because I'm like calling him on my cell phone data. Hey Jake, you back, I, buddy? I got I got you guys back. Lost <laughs> you for a second. Sorry, man. Anyways, yeah, I thought that yeah. was a really bad look. Offside by uh, by Brooks. I don't think he was get, getting any fans after that because well, he wasn't even right. That's like he was trying to get a better he was trying to get a drop the way that Bryson would try to get a drop and people would be yeah. shitting all over Bryson for right. trying to get that drop. And and Patrick Reed too. If Patrick oh. Reed trade, he would be taking all the hate in the world for trying to get a, a better drop. And those are those are the two guys, Reed and Bryson, that if they try to get a preferred lie, they try to bring the officials over, they take all the heat, whereas almost any player on tour would do it. I, I think if you're Brooks, you're fine to call the official over and see if he'll give you a, a little bit of a break there. But once it gets to a certain point where it's not going to happen and he's not going to budge, you call two different people over and you get the same opinion, you move on and you hit yeah. the golf shot. Like you tried, you tried to get your better lie. It didn't work. Uh, and you just move on. So the fact that it took so long and he was kind of petulant about it, uh, I didn't like that whole part of it. And you're right. I think if it was Bryson, he takes a lot more heat. And I think if it's Patrick Reed, he probably takes the most. Oh, heat he's, he's out of the tournament. It's leading sports yeah. center if it's Patrick Reed. <laughs> ban like, him, ban him for life. Yeah, well, that's the difficulty I have with Kepka because he's he's kind of condescending. He's kind of big time. You know, he, you know, he thinks he's king shit. I think that whole aspect of it is what might drive people more towards Bryson just because I feel like Bryson comes off a little more likable, you know, yeah. and, and, but he gets more, like I say, Bryson seems to get more slack from the old school golf guys. Like, Oh, you can't disrespect the game of golf with massive drives and big arms and <laughs> shit like that. Like that's what kind of bothers me is that, you know, they, t- they treat him like he's happy fucking Gilmore out there sometimes. Yeah. yeah. He's still a good golfer. Like it's like, you could, you can talk about the long drives and everything that he's doing, but He's still good in every other aspect of the game. He's a great putter. Uh, you know, maybe work on his wedge play just a little bit. But other than that, I think he's got pretty much everything down pat. So, yeah, he added some distance off the tee. But I think he's great for the game. I, I know some old school people are going to disagree, but I, I just think he moves the, the needle, whether yeah. you like him or you hate him. Like, I'm watching him uh, in his first um, a match. I, I think, I guess it would have been on Friday when he was with Scotty Scheffler. And I'm having a blast just watching him uh, play the course. Like off mm-hmm. the first tee, he he hits some lady in the shin, uh, <laughs> some spectator, and then, and then he's loose off the next tee, and then he makes and then he makes like a thirty footer. And I'm thinking like this is just fun, right? And he's all the while he's like rubbing Scotty's shoulders, and he's he's kind of having having a good time. He's laughing. Like I think I'm like this is entertaining. You know, this isn't like you know Harris English walking around looking really serious or yeah. one of these serious looking guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's I'm not trying to throw shade on Harris English. He's had, had a great season season this year but just using him as an example like we need more guys like these uh that will draw non-golf fans to watching yeah. the event and thinking like hey this this is kind of fun this guy's out there having fun like it's not so stuffy like it usually is well speaking of having fun and not being so stuffy this is only coming to me right now because basically you look at certain guys on the tour and they could be regarded as heels right they're the heels of the sport yeah. they're playing the bad guy um it maybe it changes week by week, but guys kind of develop a characteristic of, of being a heel. And I'm going to do my friend Ryan a real service here and bring his idea to the table. It's not mine. It's my buddy Ryan's. What's up, LeClaire? I know he likes to listen. He was talking to me. He said, listen, what if golf had like a WWE like idea? And I guess it was probably because of the Danbury Trashers uh, documentary that recently came yeah. out, right? How like he mixed hockey with mm-hmm. wrestling. And what if 
like doesn't golf and wrestling just automatically go together in the sense that you could take the theatrics from wrestling and and, and pair it with the skill and charisma of solo play golf so you know you'd have guys coming you out promos. you'd have guys coming Cutting out promos. for music and for their tea times and they did you know whatever smoke machines and shit guys coming on the tea and blasting away and and then yeah like let's People go just say that so pro- much. promos you know do it's the this- old uh the the you know oh yeah I'm gonna get you it's, it's <laughs> the whole like stuffy old people thing about golf though right that would absolutely freak the fuck but out but we're moving that. on from that I mean and, you know what's interesting too and in, in you guys having this conversation with us saying this about what they're doing and is it kind of for show or not I like I think a lot of the some of this can be tied back to but the PGA actually created a fund for this right where they have four forty yeah. million bonus pool. Whoever drives fan and sponsor engagement, right? So like a guy like Bryson, you know, he's moving the needle with his his play, but also if he can move the needle off the course, I mean, the evidence is on the tee blocks. You see how many people line up to watch that guy tee off? You know, they're watching him, and like you said, they're not watching some of those other golfers because they want to see him belt one off the tee. It's like when you go to the ballpark, you there he see dingers, right? Yeah, yeah, we want to see some dingers. We want to see some long drives, and I. I uh, again, I think like the the whole wrestling comparison is great. I, I just think you would need more players like Bryson to sort of buy into that, right? Because so many of the guys that grow up playing golf, you grow up getting told, you know, you politely clap and uh, you do this and you do that and, and you follow by all these golf rules. And I'm all for the the regular golf rules, like the the, the normal ones. But I do think we need some more personality in the game. And, and Bryson yeah. uh, really brings that. Like you don't have to like him. You could you could absolutely hate him. But he's still fun to watch. He's still entertaining. Uh, you could be cheering for him to hit it into the bushes, and he might do just that. Um, you know, but he's doing things like entering the long drive contest. I think he was out there today playing in the long drive contest. He goes right from the Ryder Cup to that. Like no other golfers are doing these sorts of things, and he almost is kind of buying in to that you know Happy Gilmore type vibe that a lot of people have given him. And he's even mentioned that he was a bit inspired uh, by that movie because he wanted to, to have some fun and, and sort of to drive the ball really, really far. And it's helped obviously in his game, but um, I just think you need more personalities to come along like that for it to actually work and, and to kind of go into that. But there's, there's always going to be a lot of pushback, like you guys said, from that old uh, stuffy golf community. But couldn't you just see Tiger coming out on like, I you know whatever, if he's coming back or even back in the day, like a guy like that coming out to like the undertaker, you know, get, 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 like get some night, get some night tournaments going on, like some fun sponsored oh, night tournaments. That I'd, be, I'd may, be in on that. Yeah. Like maybe they don't count for like FedEx cup or something, but bring these guys yeah. out and let's see their personalities. Maybe have them do a scramble. Well, I did like those, those golf Sick. games that they had with the football players and the, the golfers. Like they, they could do more of that. Cause I mean, honestly, a guy a pro golf can go shoot around golf. It's not like a hockey player going and play a pickup tournament or something for 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 youtube right i mean i mean these guys can go out and, and, and play without really risking their livelihoods and and uh, to continue to engage fans and drive that engagement that you know everyone's looking for now every sport doesn't matter what it is they're just trying to figure out what's the best way to do it well i, I just think you so rarely get to see the personality with these golfers too right like we do need more events like even the Ryder Cup, you get to see it a bit more up close. Uh, you know, obviously it gets serious at moments because both teams really want to win, but you get to see sort of the lighter side, the American team celebrating, these guys getting together, just letting loose, having a bit of fun after a big win. You just don't get to see that very much week to week on the PGA Tour. The broadcasts don't 
do a very good job of, of even really showing the golf tournament, let alone personalities uh, of some of these players. You just miss so much uh, because they're focused in on the couple of guys that are within a, a stroke or two of the lead. I would love to see, you know, guys trying to make a cut push, guys that are, you know, just trying to make a paycheck uh, to sort of keep going and, and playing on the PGA Tour. Those are stories that really interest me. And I'm sure there's some really fun personalities down there on the leaderboard that we just don't really get to see uh, because they're not in contention at these tournaments. Yeah, and I guess it's really rethinking the way you broadcast the sport is what's going to to change, you know, it, it, it fundamentally and change the viewer experience. And like you said, capture those storylines that maybe we're not necessarily getting, or you're not going to get on TV. You might get in some in-depth articles or something like that. And, and, uh, you know, I know that's a, a similar conversation that's being had in the NHL right now. It's like, how do you engage young fans and how do you continue to engage fans on other platforms? Um, you know, a good, a good point that I've seen lately is people are all over this Manning cast in the NFL, right? I'm not a big yeah. football guy, but I, I that seems to be an area where the market is moving, whereas you're having personalities, not just your color commentator guys, um, you know, watching the, the same game you are and talking about it at the same time. And I, I just wonder if that's a route that, that the, the, you know, the old guard of broadcasting will ever even entertain um I, I imagine that NFL's proved the concept now and, and we know that there's other entities out there doing it online. So I just I wonder how long before we start seeing the sports nets, the TSNs the, all of the world actually embracing these different ideas and providing, say, different feeds. Well, I'm glad you I'm actually glad you brought up the Manning Cats because it's the fresh in my mind. I was watching the game last night, Monday night football. Uh, I've actually watched the last two weeks of the Manning cast and I know it's only two weeks, but I think it's, it's the best broadcast going right now. It, it's, it's right. been incredible. It's so fun to watch. Um, and I don't necessarily love the Monday night football broadcast in the way that they have it right now anyway. So it was very welcome for me to have a secondary option to go check out. And I was hooked right away. It's just like, you're kind of watching it with a couple of buddies. It's just those two buddies are Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, you know, two of the two legend legends of the game and two brothers. And they've got a great personality back and forth, obviously, because they know each other so well and they can kind of rib each other. And it is just like a, a couple of buddies uh, watching football and you get kind of that, uh, you know, sitting on the couch type feel, which I think is really hard to do for a broadcast. Like everyone wants to do that. Everyone wants to make it kind of feel comfortable and casual but it's really hard to pull off and i think they've done a terrific job and I'm, I'm excited to see where they can really take it they've had some big guests as well uh the past couple of weeks on that broadcast but i, I guess the problem is when that broadcast is so good and it's your secondary option and it's clearly better than the original broadcast then who's going to be watching the original broadcast so i think that's something that obviously is going to have to be ironed out but I, I think you make a good point in the fact that the nfl sort of broke the mold here they went forward with this and it's working at least so far and i think that's something that other leagues uh can copy right i think it, it depends on the sport football moves a bit slower there's a lot of downtime between plays so you have a chance to to kind of talk a little bit i think hockey would be really difficult because it's such a fast-paced sport yeah. uh, and there's always so much going on i think it'd be pretty tough to have two people talking uh, while you're trying to watch a hockey game. Uh, but I do think that it can work for baseball. I, I think it's it's clearly working for football. I think it could even work to basketball to an extent just because there's so many points. Uh, you're not too, too worried until maybe late in the game, and then uh, whoever's doing the broadcast can kind of you know quiet down and really focus in on, on what's going on. But I, I think that it's great to bring up and, and something that, to me, has really worked well over the past couple of weeks watching that broadcast. Yeah, I'm pretty impressed with the NFL to take the run and leave it to the NFL. I mean, they're pretty innovative, I find, like, 
as far as that goes, and, and you know, obviously there's a lot of money there getting pumped into it. I'm just impressed they can get all the Mannings foreheads all on, on those little tiny screens <laughs> there on the side. <laughs> Even when they got LeBron in there, that's a lot of forehead to cram into the screen. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And I love uh, Eli last night was making fun of Peyton's like armpit sweat because uh, he raised his hands to like to do an example, and then it became kind of like a running bit, and it's. It's just funny. Like, I found myself laughing out loud, which I rarely do, or I almost never do, watching a, a sporting event, right? I just think things can be so dry. The only thing that really gets me laughing is that NBA TNT panel, which I think a lot of oh, people yeah. love. Even if you don't like basketball, it's just yeah. really funny. They, they barely even talk basketball on it. Uh, so that's, that's probably the, the best part of the, of the whole thing. So very rarely am I laughing watching sports broadcasts, but I, I think uh, the Manning cast certainly pulled that off. And I, I got to give props to Peyton Manning. Like the guy's obviously one of the best quarterbacks of all time, but he is just a natural host. The way that he kind of uh, controls everything. Eli's just sort of along for the ride. Peyton's clearly the host of that show. And, and he, he does a terrific job. I, I got to give him props as someone who uh, went to broadcast school and then, you know, does some hosting myself. Speaking of broadcasting, and just quickly, Jake, I know we got to get going soon here with the big Jays game coming on. Uh, speaking of broadcast, and you know, just just your quick thoughts. I'm really looking forward to these new uh, panels, these new shows, these new broadcast yeah. productions that we're going to have in the NHL. I just think, uh, you know, I think change is good. I think change is good. And as a Leaf fan myself, I'm mm -hmm. a big uh, CC Chris Cuthbert fan, huge, huge yeah. Cuthbert fan. Really looking Love forward it. to having like a full season of of Leaf hockey from Cuthbert. I, I feel like we haven't had the greatest uh, representation in the booth for a few years. I, I know, I I know you can't incriminate yourself here, Jay. <laughs> but, um, no. you know, I, I know a guy like yourself must be looking forward to seeing what they have to deliver. A lot of good talent to spread around. Yeah, well, I, I won't say anything uh, too in deep about it, but I, I know exactly what you mean. And this is something I've thought about uh, for years. You know, living in this area, we get all the Leaf games on, on cable. I watch all the games on my NHL package as well. I think the Leafs and Leafs fans uh, specifically have been shortchanged over the past few years because they haven't had like that, <laughs> that, that guy, that play-by-play -play guy. Uh, that you can kind of call your own, right? They're always on different broadcasts. They're always changing people that are calling the games, at least on television. And then you have Joe Bowen on the radio, who, who I think a lot of Leaf fans love and have kind of grown up with. Uh, but you watch any other broadcast in the NHL, any other team has a specific broadcaster that does every single game. Mm -hmm. And you get used to it. There's maybe a little bit of bias, which you don't mind for a, a home team broadcast. The Leafs don't have that because they're such a – you know, almost like a national team and they get on the, the, the national channel that it almost feels like a generic broadcast, like a down the middle broadcast uh, for the Maple Leafs. And I, I think fans deserve kind of a, a, not a fully slanted broadcast, but something that, you know, has someone that's basically cheering for the team uh, also calling the game. So I'm not saying Chris Cuthbert's going to be that. I still think he's going to call the games kind of down the middle, but I do think it's good for the Leafs to have some kind of consistency, Leaf fans to have consistency in what they're going to hear on a night-to-night -night basis tuning into those games. Oh, he'll grow. He'll be pumped. He'll, yeah, he'll, he'll be there. pumped soon, man. Yeah, I, just, I set, just give him a few games. I said to Lesko last episode or whenever we were talking about it recently, I said, listen, I don't know if he – like, I'm sure he does know this, but I don't know if he truly, truly appreciates and understands what – is possibly ahead of him. Like, I'm not saying the Leafs are going to win yeah. the cup or anything, but like, if he's the guy and he wants to like ride into the sunset like Bob Cole did, then be that guy. And like, you've got decades in front of you where they might win one, and you get to be that guy on the call. Like, it's yeah. the greatest, mo it has to be the most sought after call in, in, the, in the history of the league for sure.
Well, yeah, just because of that potential that you mentioned, right? Like, I know they haven't obviously won it in so, so long, but the potential that you could sort of be that voice uh, for generations, right? And and yours could be the call that 30, 40 years from now, people look back and watch and go, oh, wow, remember when they finally, mm-hmm. you know, broke the curse and they, and they finally won that Stanley Cup and that, and that call will live on forever. So it might not happen, but I at least you're in a position where it could possibly happen. And uh, they've certainly got the team to do it. They've certainly got the talent to do it. And uh, I think he should be calling some pretty exciting games. And all that being said, uh, Cuthbert is fantastic. Uh, I've, I've always thought that about him. So I'm excited to see what he can do uh, behind the mic on a consistent basis this year. Well, Jake, your calls don't last forever, but they last about a week on the SiriusXM app. Uh, so you can definitely <laughs> you can definitely check out Jake's shows with Boomer. Uh, he's covering for the boys on the power play this week, getting lots of airtime. Yeah. Jake, I'm not gonna lie, I like it, man. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. and I'm I'm not afraid to pump your tires. I don't even listen to those other boys. I hate to break it to you, but <laughs> I listen to your show with Booms, and as much of as much of Ty's show as I can get in in the morning. And and that's kind of it, man. You guys are my you guys are my boys on there. Yeah, let the people know where they can find you, Jake. Yeah, yeah, I, well, I appreciate that, Josh, and uh, and I, I love listening to you guys as well. Love when you have me on. I hope hope I can, hope you'll let me come back on again uh, at some point throughout the season. We can really get into uh, maybe hockey a bit more, and we'll always have time to to talk a little golf as well. But yeah, like Josh said, uh, rest of this week I'll be uh, filling in on the power play. We're actually doing fantasy week right now. Uh, we did our top thirty players. Uh, which is up on demand from yesterday. We did goaltenders today. We're doing defensemen tomorrow. Uh, and then we're going to do a bit of a mixed bag on Thursday, Friday. And then Monday, October 4th, we're back to our regular schedule. So all the shows will be back. The morning show, under review, uh, the point, power play. Everybody's going to be back in, in their time slot. So uh, Boom and I, 1 to 3 Eastern time, and you can catch it anytime after on demand. I, I can't wait to talk some games, uh, boys, after doing all the shows throughout August with absolutely nothing to talk about, trying to fill three hours of programming every day. I can't wait to talk about some real hockey games here if, soon. If the point is back, does that mean that the point music intro is back? Oh, it's back and we can't wait. And I can tell you uh, personally, Boomer can't wait uh, to get rid of the power play music and roll into the, the point music again. So the, the point music will be back on Monday. You I love it. That. Can't wait for it, Jake. Well, listen, thanks for joining us. I know you're going to be seeing Ty and, and watching the game with him. Yes. Why don't you do, why don't you be our manager for a night and book Ty's services for us <laughs> on the show next week? Okay. I, I will as soon as he gets in. That'll be the that'll be the first thing I say to him. So. All right, buddy. Well, listen. Thanks again right, for boys. joining us. Always a pleasure, man. All right. Thanks again, boys. It was a blast. Cheers, buddy. Thanks, Jake. All right, well, Jake Hahn, uh, f- first and foremost, we did caught we... it all. We had a lot of shit to get through with him because he's such a multi-sport guy. Yeah, and he we is. fucking got it all. You're right. We really did. Yeah, we, we, we really did, and we and that even included losing the guy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> Lawson picked him back up. Picked him back up like this, eh? Anyway, I wanted to make sure that I didn't forget to touch on this. Have we had that exact conversation with Jake? Did we just recycle the same conversation about? about Chris Cuthbert being our guy and the, and, and how the Leafs have never had a guy. I don't think so, eh? That was just me know. bitching. The one time you had him on the show, I wasn't on with you because I was in the Bahamas. Remember, we did an hour and then you did like an hour or something oh, with Jake yeah. afterwards. So I don't, oh, yeah. So I don't know. It could have been on that one. I don't, Dude, I don't think so. Point yeah. is, I just you saw me when he said that. I like looked to the sky and was like, thank you. That's because I've been to, saying that forever. Like we've been we need robbed. people to reach out and tell us when we're fucking up and saying the same shit over again. Yeah. Or completely contradicting <laughs> ourselves. Or. Which I'm sure. <laughs> and like, it, it's funny because. Sometimes I say things very confidently on the show, and then there's other times where I'm saying it, but it, and, and it comes out poorly. And I think it's simply because in my head, I'm like, 
did I already say this exact same thing or, and, and I'm acting like it's super profound too. Right. Or did I say the complete opposite last year, last season? So <laughs> I, I don't know, but the, nobody's keeping good enough tabs on us for sure. So um, I guess we're, we're off the hook in that I, regard. I, I don't even think, like, are we going to do anything else or are we just going to go? Because I don't think we have anything else How to do. How long are we doing here? We're looking We're long. pretty short, man. We're only a buck ten. Only but a listen, buck ten. So the, the reason why I ask you is because I, so I did something last night. I went on, I was on Twitter and I think it says on your page, like, you know, you know, user since 09 or whatever, right. like pretty early. I think that's oh, when yeah. it was invented early or adoption. whatever. And uh, Kirstie was like, oh, you've been on there for a long time. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't even know what I did on Twitter back then. And I immediately was like, like oh my ooh, God. Maybe I'll check that out. I need to go check out what I you said. Need a, do you need a cleanse? Do you need a cleaner? So I scrolled down and I got some tweets in there. And I was laughing in in the bed. And she's like, this would be a good segment for your podcast. Oh, like let's look at Josh's old ass tweets. <laughs> Josh's old ass <laughs> tweets. So they're I, probably just unhinged. I, they're not unhinged. They're actually quite – I like them. There was a yeah, few that they, were really good. Do you want me to read you some? Oh, yeah, I do. Actually, okay, all right, like, all right. Because right, like right. full disclosure, I've been on Twitter since like its inception, like 07, 08, whatever it was. <laughs> but I was a lurker forever. Like, Dude, I never I, really did much until last – Probably like four or five years. So. I can't wait to like. There's not many. Okay, there's a few good you ones. You got them but, bookmarked. You got them queued. Yeah. Up. I, well, I took screenshots. So like, my first tweet ever was May May seventh, two thousand and nine, mm-hmm. and I said, "Cabin tonight." Cabin is a was a very popular country oh I've country bar yeah, yeah. in Ottawa. Yeah, with, yeah. yeah. So cabin tonight. Going to try to convince some sports center guys to say something about make me a milkshake Malkin. That's my first ever tweet. Okay. Worst first ever tweet ever. <laughs> you should put that as your pin tweet now. My second tweet is a bounce back of smaller proportions, but it's a bounce back. Later that day, haven't slept yet, McDick's Brecky. Really hitting the infamous spot. <laughs> all right, a slight bounce back. Like having slept as in you were you were on an all nighter. I went something? to the cabin and then I just kept went going. home. Yeah, kept going. You know, kept now going. you got to remember back then. Okay, this was when Jay and Dan had their live shows at two a.m. Right, and Twitter was new. Right, and they were on it. As in, like, no one was checkmarked and everyone had well, DMs. It was, weird and, it was it you know, was bore, it used to be boring. Yes, it you was. Know what I mean, there wasn't but a they lot were going on. on. Like, I was basically using it as a news feed, like, to get to follow, like, you know, CNN and all these different websites so I could just, like, get news, sports news, whatever, you know. So I'm only going to read you my third tweet because my first three were the only real ones worth mentioning. Uh, but my third one ever was also later that night, and it must have been, I don't know what was going on, but watching Canada versus Latvia. Heatley, just get a full visor, you idiot. <laughs> Okay, that one is gold. Right? Like, that one is gold, right? Like, that one is gold. Uh, Like, there was some other... Kessler scored 41 goals. Of course he should be high on the list. Hashtag NHL on TSN. Hashtag best two-way forward. All right? That's okay. Ryan Kessler was one of the best two-way forwards in his time. All right? Maybe for a few years. 
look at this one. This one I am super excited about. Claude Giroux is a poster boy for an explosion from nowhere. Guy goes from almost unknown to underrated to eventual first-line Olympic hero. Mm. Hashtag NHL on TSN. Uh, October 4th, 2011. Okay. Right? Uh, then I introduced, like, I got some of the... So it's upon arrival of Giroux. Hashtag Hockey Night in Canada. Hey, Horkoff, how long does it take you to do your hair? How much gel do you use? Longer than taping your stick and tying your skates. Ha ha, good game. <laughs> Look at me being a great sport. What a great sport I was in 2011. Before you could like, tweet at every player in the NHL or too. Be- or before I could call people idiots because they just disagreed with my opinion. <laughs> you know, like A lot of stuff about the MLB playoffs. American sports fans are amazing. Standing almost all the time. Hashtag MLB postseason. Ouch. Hashtag MLB postseason. Umpire takes a pitch in the pills and then gets a few pitch later gets licked again on his bare leg. <laughs> like, you know, the Heatley one was was the all timer. That's pretty good. That's pretty um, good. I, I wasn't sure. I didn't know I was gonna uh, break break it. I thought maybe a, a future segment. I didn't know if you might have some interesting original tweets, but you kind of said you were mostly. A so lurker, if you recall, eh? do you recall when we were starting the show? I hit the reset button on my Twitter account, but it was not because of the show. I was actually disappointed that these things didn't coincide very well, but it was because I was running for office. Oh, right. So I cut, I snipped because I didn't want to go back 10 years of Twitter to see, you know, and it was, like I said, didn't tweet much anyway. It just, I don't know, like who... Who the fuck's going to go after him? God damn city council. But you know what I mean? Like RTs, likes, whatever the fuck. Yes. I just didn't. I had no concept, no clue. You know, my views on things have changed throughout the years. You know what I mean? Of course. I don't Uh, want anything to touch me. So I hit the reset button. It's taken me years to get back to my over 100 follower count. But, uh, you know, I fucking (laughs) did it. (laughs) Yeah, come on, guys. Follow us, would you? Atlas, go at him. Oh, my God. Hi, Coleman42. Go check out my old old tweets. I guess I got to check out my likes and stuff. Although I wasn't. I don't know. I, I downloaded Twitter. I used it for a little bit because Jay and Dan used to actually respond on there. And I can't remember the exact story, and I'm not going to bother trying to remember, but there was a time where they did either acknowledge or react or, like, my tweet impacted the show one time back in 2009. Something I did impacted the show. And because they, like I told you, it was it was very un unfiltered back then. It was, you know, everyone was just a person on there, and you could you could message things and whatever, and and they were openly asking for it, and lots of people would send stuff in. Of course, right. now now it's like that everywhere, right? Like everybody wants to tweet at us and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but it was very raw, I guess, back in that day. I guess who's really looking for engagement? I wanted to bring up the story because it's pretty interesting, but. Did you see the story about this New Jersey draft pick, Russian guy, Nikita Popagayev? I don't know. Popagayev? Yeah, count it for two. Sure. I have no clue what that is. Are you talking about the social media dude? Yeah, yeah, so he's like 22 years old, and he's retiring. He announced his formal retirement from hockey to pursue a life as a social media influencer. But there's there's more money in it for him. He probably knows, okay, I have a shot to make the NHL. And make maybe a few million dollars. Or 
I can be a social media influencer like I kind of am already making well, several hundred thousand dollars let's and I can out, make millions. I, I mean to do this, but I waited for the show. I'm actually pulling up his Instagram right now because right, I, I want to know, like, what's the foundation of this? Okay? I'll do it too. What, what so do I, where do I go This to? Russian guy actually has 22,000 followers. So he's, it says ex-hockey player right in his profile. Dude, <laughs> he updated that shit know. right away. Can I even get into Instagram on my computer? So far I've got pictures of him just standing around doing things oh come on <laughs> that is the most vague thing i've ever seen heard on a podcast Ooh, wakeboarding on a podcast wakeboarding uh, what's his name dude what do i what do i type see, in see doing see doing what do i type in out for dinner with some fat russian guy <laughs> tell me what i type in his god name. damn it what's his name nikita what i said earlier oh my god you want me take to take it out of the prop you're on the prop open his name is right fucking there. Copy and paste. Ah, you're right. Control fucking C. You're right, it Control is. fucking V. Well, fucking where is it? All I can see is J Con well, notes and no, fucking RFA no. updates. By the way, there are no RF, RFA updates. No, everything's the hey, same. Hey, you Except wanna know you wanna know when there was an RFA update? In the middle of last week's show. In the middle of last week's fucking show. Like, come on, man. We see, gotta like, be on Twitter. So from what I can see about this guy is that Papa, he's got Papa a lot of followers. I assume mostly in Russia, but I don't see him hawking any gear yet. Like he's not like mentioning any. Uh, he's not like sponsored sponsors yet. So if you'd like to sponsor this guy, he's right horny for it. So well, he's holler. got a check mark though. He doesn't even have that many posts. He's got a check mark though. Thirty-five posts. Yeah, you're right. Eh? Interesting. Very interesting. For a guy with only thirty-five posts, his stories must be lit or something. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't understand what's going, what's going on with this. But uh, he's been through a lot in his this, life. Like if you're this guy's agent, are you, are you fucking, are you pissed or are you just like, all right, I'll, I can, I can do this. <sighs> I mean, I don't know, dude. It depends on who his agent is. If it's a small-time agent, and this was like, maybe, if you're a hockey like if this agent, was maybe and his strictly tribe. a hockey player agent, you're probably like, no, please don't do this. But also, you're like. Don't let me go because I'll dive in. Yeah, what can I do for you? Well, I mean, there's there's money to be made whether you're – no matter what you're doing, I guess, and if we, this becomes like an actual thing for him. It just sounds like a crazy, a crazy choice. And, you know, like hockey players and their personalities being like fucking watching paint dry and grass grow. For the most part, yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting move. We need a – we need an agent. Are we still waiting for this to become a thing? I think it's Jake. Jake's our agent. <laughs> oh, yeah. He is our agent tonight. He's, He's our booking book agent. Ty. He's going to book Ty. <laughs> but you know what? You're wearing the Pucks and Deep hoodie. Nice hoodie, by the way. Thanks. Um, you're wearing the Pucks and Deep hoodie, and I see that it's you know it says right there on the logo, established 2018. I think this is the first sweater I've worn with a logo that I designed myself. Yes, exactly. Like, what a fantastic job designing the logo. I mean, I've told you from day one, it's super sharp. Uh, but, you know, heart. established 2018, what a great time that was. Remember 2018? Sort of. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, remember, I mean, just how life was in 2018. You could just go places and... Yeah, yeah, I guess so. It was, it was tough. I had a lot going on at that time. You know, yeah, I guess you're like, right. When well, we started the show, like, I was starting it. On fumes. Like, I had barely anything. A lot of times, when I, the time I came to your house to film, it was like 9.30 at night. Oh, my God. And I had like Don't nothing even get me started. To take. And then you're getting me peak-baked. So, like, that's not <laughs> that's not always going the way I'd like it to. You know, so it's hit or miss. I mean, sometimes it's great, but it's, 
first time all day, like <laughs> nine times out oh, of ten. Dude. On our early episodes, man, like you can literally hear you yawning. <laughs> about an hour in, I'm like thinking about fucking toaster strudels and yawning. I'm like, fuck, if I can't even keep the attention span of my co-host, how am I supposed to keep the attention span of our listeners? Sometimes, like, okay, so I'm peak baked and you're flying a thousand miles a minute. Like, keeping up is hard. And I got that, you know, I got that ADD thing. And Yeah, so but I don't think – yeah, but I don't make it hard. Don't tell me I make it no, hard. No, I'm just like, saying – at times, you're difficult to keep up to. Oh, okay. I see. I see. But I don't really think that, like, if you, let's say if you didn't keep up with me, I don't necessarily think that that is a bad thing, just as long as I'm well, not, Well, it doesn't like, mean it's necessarily bad for the listeners. It's just, it's just bad for me in terms of, like, trying to be, like... In your own mind. You know, trying to be, like, uh, jumping in when whenever it is that you wrap up whatever it is that you're Whatever saying. rant I'm on. Yeah, because sometimes it's, like... Okay, and then I'm like, all right, what am I going to say to this? I don't know. He said like 20 things. I can't keep up with them. Like, I just pick one. Just pick one and stick to it and hold it in your mind. And like, sometimes I'll get something in my head. I'm like, okay, this is what I got. And then you say something else, and then you say something else. And then I'm like, oh my God, what was I going to say? All right, pick something else. All right, you know what? All right, segue. I'm getting going. I'm going somewhere else. Yeah, but you're trying too hard to like produce a podcast. Maybe you yeah, gotta have maybe, a conversation because yeah. that's what happens in conversations, right? The ideal scenario is you listen to one another and you don't talk over one another. And I think we both do a pretty good job yeah. of of that specifically. You know, when I'm going on a rant, you're ready. You're picking something out of the bush to to have a go at. Actually, I'm not gonna lie. I think well, I do the same thing. I think most. I bet you even the pros do the same thing. Let's go. It's not like they stop listening, but you mentioned Michelob Ultra and I. I ha- like you triggered me like you triggered something in my brain. I can't wait to tell you, you know, whatever I have to tell you about that Michelob Ultra. We're trying to mentioned. remember so that when your time comes, you got it. But yeah, absolutely. In terms of like talent scouting though, um, Chris Johnson just signed with TSN as a hockey insider. When did he leave Sportsnet? So there, I don't think there was a formal like, and then nothing I saw anywhere was like goodbye Sportsnet. Um, but I, first thing I saw was he signed with the Toronto Star to write for them. So it's like he's like delving out his services because he's doing TSN Hockey Insider. Apparently he's on the panel tonight on Insider Trading or something. Okay, um, cool. And he released his podcast last week, um, the CJ show, I guess, with Julie McKenzie from The Athletic, also hosted by the SDPN, which is a fascinating development there. Um, seems they're expanding their podcast roster. Wow. I figured that's kind of the direction they were going when they kind of incorporated that whole aspect to it. But that makes uh, me that's even a, more bitter that Dangle big timed us. Well, I mean, listen, man, like, where, where's our, uh, why aren't we out pursuing these free agents? Well, I, don't know. I get. I got complacent. I guess we got a few. We got a, the call there. We got a few awesome friends of the show, man. Hey, listen, I'm not gonna lie to you. I Big, am. Ba- uh, I'm banging down doors. I fucking DM'd Elliot Friedman. Well, you know, keep banging on him. His <laughs> banging on him. Um, his I, DMs I, were open, so that's I slid a huge, in. Uh, that's a huge get, though. For well, that is a huge get for for Dangle. And He's for, great. Um, for TSN, though, I mean CJ's great. TSN just lost Sarah Valley to DFO. And then lost Bob Farr to a semi-retirement, lost Ferraro to the States. So, like, that's a – they needed, like, another insider there because, I mean, let's be honest, like, everyone knows Dragger's not the most popular panel dude insider yeah. of the world. So, I think they, they – them getting CJ, I mean, he's probably, what, he's top three, you'd say, like, 
right now. I would if agree. You, if you go like Friedman, just in no particular order, Bob, Friedman, Bob, and does Bob still count? Sarah, well, Sarah Valley, I would say probably. Bob, he's not really doing the insider thing now. He does, like, draft rankings and yeah, okay. semi-retired. So, like, I'd say C.J. Sellervelli and, and Friedman are pretty much your top three. Um, but, like... Schrager's, he's there. He, he still gets the scoops, right? But if you're looking at futures, okay, like, I, I've I've never been shy about my opinion. You know, I like TSN. Um like you have a choice, right? Pepsi or Coke or whatever. Like I, I prefer TSN. Like if they're both on, I'll throw TSN on. And I, I feel badly, you know, for some of our, even our friends of the show that work for Sportsnet. Like I like, I like reading certain right, aspects right. from articles well, and, I, and I've writers. I've always found and stuff. that their personality and on-air talent's been superior. Um, and we're seeing that, you know, the benefits of that with radio, with the, you know, with them maintaining a good audience for hockey-related matters, despite not being the rights holder. Right. But they're just—I feel like they're kind of smoking them, in that they they managed to pick up Cutbird, who we were talking about earlier yes. last year. And or um, sorry, that's that. That was a reverse motion. My bad. I'm just not even legitimate to my point. Oh yeah, he, Sportsnet. He went to Sportsnet. Yes, sorry. yes, yes, yes. But then they go and scoop, which was uh, huge. They go and scoop the free agent Chris Johnson, and like you know. Uh, an underrated component of their talent lineup too is Mike Johnson. He does he does great insight on the air. I he, disliked uh, great, him heavily. Great early. game analysis, and he does the gambling side of things too. Yep, yep. I di- I disliked him heavily early. Like I was like, man, oh man, this guy. Like yeah, a former player. Another. I thought it was another example of let's bring a former player in right. and, he, and he fizzles out. But I have to give the utmost respect and credit to Mike Johnson. He because was doing he, color for the Leaf game last night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah. He, he has a lot of uh, responsibilities there now. But when he first started, uh, like, it was just he wasn't. You thought meant, he, they were shoehorning him kind of? He wasn't meant to be on camera, Lesko. Like, that's right. what I was Like, this guy's not ready to be on camera with the mic on his lapel. And, dude, with the red light is on, go. Like, figure something out. Even if you forgot what you were going to say, figure something else out. Like, you know, if I can do it on the podcast here pretty well, I have done that time to time. I completely forget my point. I just go off on recovery. Like, yeah, a minor recovery or ask you a quick question and save myself. You know, like he didn't have any ability to be a presence and right. he has really, really become a presence. And Plus, I actually, I actually really like He's him now. He's looked the same for 20 I years do. or whatever. I really like so him now. Yeah, He, he doesn't age. He, he looks like a little boy. Uh, yeah, you know what? And, and, and further to the Cuthbert thing too, like I feel like, I feel like what we mentioned with Jake on the show here was the the only real draw to Sports Center would or um, to Sportsnet, excuse me, would be the Leafs, would it not? Well, Roger, when, well, Roger, I'm watching it because they're they're carrying they're carrying the Leaf game or they're oh, carrying the Jays game. But like they, you know, Saturday headlines was a can't miss last year. CJ and Friedman. Laying down the heat, yes, and breaking stories, yes, on Saturday night the second intermission, and now they they've lost kind of that that dynamic. I know Elliot's still got the scoops, but they don't have that that almost like can't miss intermission programming. And we've said ourselves before, like the the intermissions are pretty stale and dry. Well, because when you have right? ins like these guys do, these guys have ins. Okay, when you have ins. You're always going to have them, no matter where you go. Yeah, the people aren't giving you the in because of who you work. But for. I think there's something Maybe to say in for some the presentation cases. too, like and how you know the segments, how they how they do it, right? So. Well, I always often wondered too, Lesko. Like since they're both pretty popular and they would have lots of 
sources, would they not have overlapping sources? And, you know, the same source told both Adam and Josh right. the same story. I wonder but if they, like, do you got to get there first? Do you get pick, pick and choose sometimes? Or, or like, if we if both of us know two things, yeah. we know the Kaprizov deal. They seem deal. to get them at the same time. So you figure the, the, the leaky guys. They might on, share it. Well, like, the leaky guys on each team are probably well known. Oh, yeah, yeah, the equipment guy there, he's always... He always knows what's up, and yeah. he'll always give me what's happening, or, or the the guy who gets Kyle Dubas' coffee, or whatever the fuck. You well, know what and, I mean? And so. the, the main reason why I feel that way, Lesko, is because it is very, it is very um, like rehearsed or produced. Maybe would be a better word, right? Because you knew the story that they were going to say. Yeah. Well, they've got here. I've got this whole yeah. week's worth of scoops that I've been sitting on, ready to drop tonight. So and I wonder if there was. If I guess they probably know when they've got an exclusive. And basically, the the best way to know, especially if you've been sitting on it for a few days, no one else has tweeted about it yet or whatever. Right. Okay, that's a good point, yeah. Because I guess like where I was going with it is I, I always thought that more than likely there was a conversation between Elliot Friedman and Chris Johnson to, oh, say, to say like you're saying this one you'll, you'll get that one yeah we, we both know Kaprizov yeah. signed and we both know that the Brady Kachuk camp just doubled their right. asking price or whatever um so I'll you know how about you do the Kaprizov story and I'll do the Kachuk. right okay to, sounds to good. get like an equal parts yeah. distribution sort of thing yeah I mean yeah, we both okay. know it we both got told by the same guy it's always it's a weird thing man I'd love to be a fly on the wall sometimes because you know they're never going to reveal. It's like a magician never reveals. His yeah, they tricks, don't want you, know? you to know the inner workings, right? No. It's like, well, you so, never will. Yeah, it's, it's you think it's such like a, a hard and and the the years they spent cultivating those sources and getting to where they are that that there's no way you're gonna you'd have to be like you know basically in a mentor relationship under the wing if if they were going to kind of teach you the way and and i feel like you know maybe some of that happens if you're in the network and you're pursuing that path but yeah absolutely anyway uh jays or what are we wrapping this up yeah we're gonna wrap it up dude i mean it's we're, time for bay ball yeah i mean i guess it is right like it's uh what's this series against the uh this one could be it man this who are they playing right yankees, now? yankees oh yeah yankees sorry yankees. they just played the twins and ryu starts tonight i'm not feeling super stoked about you're not it. feeling super no. stoked are you feeling like a Freddy yeah. starting Game 7 kind of stoked? Ish, or? ish. That's a similar feeling. I'm just not confident in him. <laughs> like, I'm not. <laughs> I think those feelings are going to be gone this year because, well, there's no Freddy. So. Yeah, all right. Right? We got Jackie Boy. We got Peter. Peter. So let's Peter. fucking do it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Episode 86, Pucks and D Podcast is a wrap. Thanks to Jake Hahn for joining us, friend of the show. Always a pleasure when we have Jake on. Uh, Jake Hahn on. Um, next week, we'll uh, shoot for Tyler. We'll see if Jake is successful in securing his close friend and colleague from Sirius XM NHL Network Radio Channel 91, Tyler Mataraz. See if we can book him next week. But that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Josh Coleman, Adam Lesko. Follow us on Twitter at Coleman42, at Lesko Adam, at PuckPod. Drop us a line. RealPuckPod at gmail.com. that's it. I got nothing else to say. Great show. A lot of shit. A lot of golf. Hopefully you guys are big golf fans. If not, you will be. Trying to grow the sport, baby. Let's go. Hockey's coming back soon. We got guests coming up. We got a great month ahead of us. One of the greatest times of the year. See you guys next week.